hey everyone, this is Chris Decker. I'm joined here by John Rizzi in the studio for episode two of the Recovery Lifestyle. Uh, we survived episode one. Yeah. It was a little rocky. I thought it was a train wreck, but I got good feedback, so <laughs> I'm excited to be here again and, and let's uh, let's let God do his magic with us. We did get good feedback, but it was from our friends, so we're not sure if it really was good or not. (laughs) So we're going to find out soon. But today we're going to talk about denial and destigmatizing addiction and recovery. Yeah, you know, uh, we put together that logo for the recovery lifestyle last week with those three overlapping circles uh, representing the three tenets of the recovery lifestyle, right? Um, That being recovery meetings and recovery work being the biggest uh, church attendance and Bible reading, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, with meetings, that they're the, the the obstacle of people going to meetings is denial, mm. and it's you know not wanting to be labeled as an addict, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, I have a couple of beers. I'm not a I'm not a drunk. I'm not an alcoholic. Or uh, so what? I like to look at porn and jerk off. That doesn't make me a sex addict, and. Uh, and and that may be true, but these things are things that get in the way of us being all we can be. And and so recovery helps us kind of unravel why we need to numb mm-hmm. or, or or avoid or you know just escape, right? So I thought, yeah, we could talk about that. Let's talk about denial. I I always find it ironic when I share about denial uh, in, in the. It, it always comes up in our in our twelve steps, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a whole step, right? <laughs> and and the last few, I've always say like I don't feel like I'm in denial of uh, over anything, <laughs> which sounds a lot like denial, right? Right. <laughs> but I, I feel like this process of going through the questions, going through the steps, meeting with guys, being super intentional, uh, really does keep me connected to the things that I'm doing wrong and, and aware of those. So I'm not really in denial of anything. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, this one's, this one's a tough one because it, it creeps in unexpectedly. Like mm. you're, when you're, when you're making progress, when things like you come to these points of like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. And I had a denial moment like very clearly uh, recently where I thought, you know what? I want to just have a glass of wine with my wife and look at the stars. Yeah. And yeah, I can handle it. Like no big deal. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just a glass of wine, you know, but that, that, like the, 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 I can handle it. That's the denial. I can't handle it. If I were to do that, all this good work would just unravel. Mm. If I, I've, it's been over a year of sexual sobriety. Oh, just one time. Yeah. You just one time. He's not going to hurt. Just, you know, you can go to sleep or, you know, it's a little stressful right now at the office. You know, just who's going to, who's going to know? Who's going to find out? Yeah. But, but I'm, I don't want to throw away all of that. But, the, but that denial that seeks in like, Oh, you know, I've, I've been reading the Bible every day. Maybe I don't really need this whole Jesus thing right now. You know, I, I got to just focus on work and just get my stuff together. That's denial creeping in in its finest form. Yeah. 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 When I start thinking I got this. You don't got this. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about the history. I, I, you know, I think denial and blame 
are 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 totally related, right? Where <clears throat> I they're they're so connected, denial and blame, because it starts with the blame. Well, you know, if it wasn't for this or that or the other thing, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't, right? And 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 that's denial. Mm-hmm. And man, for blame, like I was ninja black belt blamer. Everything was somebody else's fault, mostly my wife's. And <clears throat> so, you know, the, the the problem with that in my mind is it keeps me in the victim cycle, right? Because <clears throat> it's somebody else's fault. It's not me. Therefore, I don't have to change. Everyone around me has to change because they're the ones who are fouled up. It's not me. Like, I'm good. That's denial. That's blame. And that's how I wound up being the addict that I that I am, right? Not was, am. <clears throat> so I got to stay out of denial and I got to stay active and intentional about working these programs so that I don't fall back. What was that verse we had last night? Remember we called it the Han Solo verse, don't get cocky, kid? Yeah, it was 1 Corinthians uh, 13.10 or 12.10, I believe. Somewhere in that neighborhood, right? Like, like be 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 aware of standing firm or you may fall, right? It's, yes, it's, that's exactly what it says. Yeah. Yes. Because it's like, when I get complacent, then that's when I'm going to slip. Well, you look at the context of the verse too. You know, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth and First uh, Corinthians, this was the first letter. And um, this is a relatively new church. And he's trying to tell them, like, I know y'all are making a bunch of progress and momentum and you're on fire for, for Jesus and, like, this is starting to work, but you stay the course. You know, don't let this get to your head. Um, and, and, uh, and just, just keep going. This also reminds me, I'm not exactly, I don't remember exactly where in the Bible this is. I, I'm great at paraphrasing the Bible <laughs> because I'm, I'm reading it. Um, I'm not sure if any of you know, um, uh, about the reading Bible. Um, so I actually have a version of the Bible, um, that has no chapter markers or numbers or anything. And I just read it just like a, like a book, like a novel, huh? like a novel. And mm-hmm. so I know the stories now. I can't quote the exact place that they're in, but um, Jesus' disciples are going out and they're doing all these great uh, apostolic things, like demons are being cast out, like people's lives are being transformed. They come back to Jesus and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're doing all this great stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's going to happen, but but keep sharing this news. Keep going out and doing this. Um, Just as a reminder... um, to stay out of that denial. Like they could have just considered themselves magicians at that point, but they got, you got to remember where the source and the power comes from. There's, you know, b- before every meeting, we have these guidelines that mm-hmm. we read. And one of them that is pretty interesting to me is we're here to support each other, not fix one another. And it's so tempting to hear someone else's story and be like, Oh my God, I know how I can fix that mm-hmm. because we can see other people sto- like, we can we can fix other people's stories, um, but we can't seem to fix our own. I know. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because uh, at at church on Sunday, uh, the pastor used the story where um, I think it's in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking about, you know, 
removing the plank from my own eye before helping my brother with the splinter in his eye. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, I've got this big, massive thing that I need to deal with, but, you know, I'm quick to point out or notice all your tiny little faults that I can help you with. And that's just stupid, right? But is it is is it bad, though? Be- because let's say we're at home and we're self-isolating and we think that all our problems are mine and woe is me and I'm f- in the thick of denial... Isn't there something interesting that you go and you hear another story that sounds eerily similar to your own and you can see the pattern? And then what's happened to me in the past is I'll see the pattern of someone else's and then I apply that filter to to my story and like mid-share, I'll just realize I've been a dick to my wife. Mm -hmm. It's not her fault. Yeah. She did not do the thing that I, I, like I'm victim, that I'm, uh, I'm making myself a victim. Yeah, that's stupid. I, I'm I'm her husband. I'm supposed to be this spiritual leader of the household, this strong warrior's heart, and I'm like this little baby boy that you know that needs to be nurtured. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know what's awesome <laughs> about you telling that story is is think about like number one, you know, you're actively living the recovery lifestyle and otherwise yeah. that would have never even occurred to you. Correct. It and would then not secondly, yeah. you're in a recovery meeting and God is speaking to you through someone else's Through other share. people's shares, yes. And, and I think that's awesome because that's what he does. You know, we, yes. we complain, we maybe I, I complain, I don't hear from God enough or I, I can't really discern his voice from all the noise that's going on. And, and, that's a legitimate complaint, sort of. That's just because I'm not paying close enough attention or not giving him credit when he is speaking to me. But he is speaking to us all the time. Mm. Well, let's stay on track here. Um, you've got some talk tracks uh, for denial, some stuff around addiction. Uh, where do you want to take this conversation? Well, you know, one thing back to the blaming for a second and um, – as it relates to denial, you mentioned the guidelines, mm-hmm. right? And one of them uh, we have is keep your thoughts, uh, keep your sharing focused on your own thoughts and feelings, right? That's a big one. <clears throat> yeah. And and what we do in in the group is we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, use I and me statements. It, it seems like something really trivial, uh, but you'll notice, and, and even you and I have done it a little bit in this conversation where we'll use the word you, you, right. know, you know how you do this and you know how you do that. And it's like, no, 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 no. I do this and I do that because I want to take ownership of the stuff that I'm I'm dealing with. And I, f- I find that just that subtle shift of making that mental note of, you know, using I and me statements of owning the things that I'm talking about, uh, of 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 saying like, no, this is my struggle mm-hmm. and this is me who's reacting this way. Not you, not anyone else, even though it might be you and it might be other people that react that way too. But, but it's, it's about me and about the way I'm taking ownership of this. Uh, and I think that's a big step of staying out of denial. I can't help but think of modern advertising really erasing that you know what is the message of a gatorade commercial do you want to be an athlete drink gatorade mm-hmm. right do you want freedom for your from your hurts habits and hang-ups then join celebrate recovery but there's a uh, there's a lost art form to 
sharing your own experience, sharing my own experience, because it's the only thing I'm truly qualified to talk about. <laughs> I'm not qualified to talk about your experience because I'm not you. Yeah, I can talk about my experience and it, it helps me to strip away the blame when, when, you know, if I were saying, well, my wife did this, 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 and that, and, you know, all people are just, just liars. Not true. Yeah. That's not true. And, 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 and you see how, when you started that, how you self-corrected, cause you started to say you, and then you went back and said, I, and I do that in quote unquote real life. Like recovery is not real life, but I do that all the time. And I hope that people notice it and, and whether it's, whether they overtly notice it or it's just a subtle subconscious thing, but they see like, oh, that's a guy who's who's taking ownership for his words. He's real. He's like he's authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I do see you, and I will talk about you for a second, is that you have embraced the authentic John. Warts and all, right? And 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 you're not you're not afraid to say you know, I have all these years of sobriety, but I'm still in this with you guys. Struggling and yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so, you know, we, we started saying that we wanted to destigmatize the word addiction. Um, because I, I do think that people have a viscerally negative reaction to that word and nobody mm-hmm. wants to be labeled as an addict except for for people who have you know come to own it and it be okay be- with it it has become trendy though <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm a food addict oh, or, you know yeah. <laughs> it, it like almost is a joke yeah like i'm addicted to yoga yeah are you <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and 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 maybe you can because you can be addicted to good things. I think if you're using it sort of tongue in cheek that way, or or almost tr- that's almost minimizing it. Yes, but but for sure there are good things that that we can be addicted to. You, uh, I've seen people who I think they were addicted to their recovery. You know, they're at church seven days a week and, you know, five of those are recovery meetings and they're volunteering for everything. It's like, you know, maybe that works for them and that's a lifestyle choice. Okay. Uh, but I think that, 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 you know, anything like that exercise for sure. I know I was an exercise addict. <clears throat> um, and if we go, you know, I was thinking about this. I mean, if we look at what God's word says about this, right. It's the Bible calls addiction. It doesn't use the word addiction, right? But it, but it uses the word idols, mm. and it's anything that gets between me and God, right? Golden calf. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, and it doesn't even have to be. I don't think it has to be like a physical idol that I'm worshiping, right? I mean, it's 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 a metaphor, uh, and so if I'm putting something ahead of God, work, <clears throat> working out doesn't have to be drugs. Obviously, it could be. Or alcohol, or sex, uh, or social media. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on of things that we can put ahead of God. Uh, And it's not even just that. I mean, obviously, God forbids that, right? Like, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Um, In Exodus 20, uh, in verse 3, God says, you must not have any other God but me. 
And then he goes on uh, in four, five, and six, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or, or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. <clears throat> and, you know, I know for Talk sure. about crystal freaking clear. Right, right. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, he's, he's being clear that we are, are, are tempted as humans to worship other gods, little g gods, right? And all those things we mentioned, Netflix watching, <clears throat> how about judgment? Can you be addicted to judgment? Can I be addicted to judgment? Yeah. Uh, what about like um, uh, the need to be right? Oh man, this gets me with my wife all the time. Like I have to prove that I'm right. Why? Because I'm addicted to it. Is that getting mm -hmm. between me and God? Is that wor is that as bad? Right in 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 our minds, is that as bad of a sin as uh, uh, being an alcoholic or being a sex addict or cheating on my wife? Okay, no. But it, it's still taking away from my relationships with God and with other people. And, you know, the other piece of the sort of the classic definition of addiction, right, is you know, I'm using this substance or whatever it is to probably escape more often than not or numb, numb my feelings. And it requires more and more of it each time I use it, right? Uh, I'm sure we can both relate to that with the different things that we've been addicted to, right? You know, sitting there trying to find the right porn to get off on. <laughs> it's embarrassing. No, uh, no, I, I, I totally, I totally relate. And, um, I think, you know, when you examine the addiction, the addiction is, I think, a habit that's gone wrong, mm -hmm. a habit that's gone to the dark side mm -hmm. that like, let's, let's, let's use exercise as an example, like exercise is great. Exercising to the point of putting fam, like family as the second fiddle, that's a destructive habit. Mm -hmm. and, and I think of the, the progression in CR of hurts, hangups, habits, is that behind that porn, like when I would go seek this um, high, it was it, it was because I was feeling empty or I was feeling abandoned or I had, because I'm still recovering from it, even though it's been over a year, I'll just consider it an active addiction because it still like is like tech, like it's still there, you know, all those years. It isn't just gone after one year. It's going to take a little bit longer. Um, and so when, when I'm, when I'm feeling less than, or like my self-worth is compromised, like I want, I, I want to find a, a soothing feeling and, and like that dopamine rush, it, it, it it's, it's, it helped mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. It makes you feel good. It made me feel good. And it, it gave me this sense of like a fulfillment, even if it was for just a few moments. And that's scary. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's very dangerous because it, it technically did feel great. Um, but, but, but then I go and I, and I look at like, why am I doing this? What, what, what are the, what are these hangups and triggers that are causing the, this habit to come into place? Like, why is it so easy for me multiple times a day to go excuse myself to go do this thing, mm -hmm. to go hide, like look forward to a weekend off where I'm going to be home alone. 
well, like, why, why am I doing this? And then, and then to, 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 once you kind of get to the why really in deep down, there is some sort of hurt. There is some sort of pain that, that is there and going to meetings is the fastest way I have. I don't think there's anything else that's going to help you identify those patterns faster. I agree with you. And and I think, you know, as, as men, we're sort of trained to be stoic and strong and, 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 and admitting hurts feels mm-hmm. like it's weakness. Yeah. Uh, and, it's not, but you know that's what our culture has been pushing into us for you know our entire lives, right? Big, you know, grown men don't cry and suck it up, dude, and right, like, like these kinds of things <clears throat> make us not willing to explore those areas. Uh, and I think what happens in the meetings is, you know. Other guys are are being vulnerable and courageous and stepping out, or they've been there before. That's why it's so great to have a mix of veterans and newbies in recovery meetings because they feed off of each other, and it it makes it such a fulfilling um, <clears throat> a process. And so, <clears throat> it, when someone is sharing right and being vulnerable, then it's like, oh yeah me too. And yeah, I remember that that my dad was like that too. And maybe that's why, you know, I feel this pain, uh, even though I don't want to call it pain, right? I I don't want to admit that it's made me weak, but it has, it's made me do stupid things. Mm. So, so now it's time to own it and grieve it and move past it. Cause the cool thing about it is it explains a lot when we when we dig deep and and unroot this stuff right it's like oh yeah okay i see that i see how how that's why i do what i do uh i've i've found that to be particularly true for me when i interact with my parents i don't see my parents a lot um but when i do i see some of the things that they say or do or the way they say or do them and it's just like oh mm-hmm. yeah that's where that came from yep it's my it's the favorite game that me and my wife and I play is name that name the parent or <laughs> figure in our lives that caused that thing. Yeah. And we're constantly going back and forth with each other's stories like, oh, you got that from your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this fun story. I had an idea for the last segment of this show today. Um, where we would so for you, the listener, uh, we're gonna do an interesting exercise. Um John and I are each going to do an example of an open share around this topic of denial. Cool. Um, we'll do, you know, around three minutes each and then, and then it's your turn. Um, if you have a notebook, um, or even just your phone recorder or just a, just something that, that you can just, or or just think about it. Um, but I, I would encourage you to write this down and then you do your open share. Um, I think we're eventually we're going to have some sort of thing built in where you can send us your questions or, or send us some feedback, but for day for today, just a notebook, you know, do your share. Um, and this will be a way for you to interact with us, even though you're not with us today. I think that's really cool. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Hey you guys, my name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm in recovery for sex addiction and I struggle with lust. What's up, John? Hey you guys. Uh, so 
in and around denial, you know, I've been struggling with this um, this feeling lately, uh, notwithstanding the fact that I said I'm not in denial. Uh, I, I feel like recently um, I've been in denial potentially about my relationship with money and whether or not I'm idolizing money. Uh, <clears throat> I've really... Uh, I've been I've been really active in um, trading stock options lately, and uh, and I was doing really well for a few months there, and then I just got hammered the last few weeks, losing all kinds of money. And I keep telling myself like, "Hey, you know, I know it's not my money, God, it's your money." And I'm, the more that I make, the more I can give away, and it's almost like I'm trying to talk myself into. Uh, <clears throat> making sure that I'm not idolizing money. Uh, but the problem is when I, when I lose money on a trade, it makes me feel crappy, mm. even though I don't really need the money right now. Um, but there's something, and, and part of it is the game, you know, making money. Um, part of it is truly like I love, I've been what, what I've been doing is if I have a good month, uh, and I make a few dollars, I'm gonna, I tithe on that profit, and I love doing that. I love giving away money. But that's only 10%. I'm keeping the other 90, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I am afraid that, that that's something I need to be in tune with. Um, and, and, you know, in my head, I know that the money doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. Mm. Uh, but I'm not totally convinced that in my heart I feel the same way. Because if I did, would I really be that upset when a trade goes wrong with me? So I don't know. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Thanks, John. Just kind of clap. <laughs> We're going to clap, clap for you right now. Um, hey, guys. My name is Chris. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus and recovery for alcohol, sex, porn, and money. Chris. All right, so open share time um, on the topic of denial. You know, I'd like to think that I've become rather well adjusted as as a leader in in my company, um, but I've uncovered a pattern. And when the when you on when I I will not say you when I uncover these patterns, um, it's like a big light bulb. I'm I'm angry at myself. But 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 then but then I'm able to start to break it, and um, this didn't happen too recently, but it happened recently enough that it 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 really I, like I did it in a pretty high stakes situation, where um, I'll position myself in this where I need to be the hero to to solve this thing for for somebody. And I have to put myself in the situation where I'm the only one that can do it. And I have to go do this big, um, this big grandiose thing. And, um, then I expect this huge applause afterward and everybody to say, Oh, I love you. Oh my God. You saved the day. Like you're my hero and shower me with rose petals and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and when that doesn't happen, I get angry and upset and like i usually find a way to then just lash out at everybody and say mm. screw this i don't want to be a part of it anymore um and i literally i i did that whole pattern again and i can go back through my history and just see all these patterns of this just absolutely crazy behavior um i'm done i'm done with this but if, if i really think about it 
it it does go to like craving my father's approval because um, I've never gotten it ever. Uh, he just wasn't around. He wasn't in my life. Like there is no father's approval there. Um, and it's super unhealthy to, to look for this like deep approval from, um, in this case, it was a client. Like, and it, mm. luckily it worked itself out in a way that, um, it worked itself out, but it, it's like, uh, part of this, what I think part of the 12 steps here is like, I want to be a better person. Like I am tired of these destructive habits that, 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 that are just holding me back. And, um, and I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I don't want, I don't want denial to hold me back, but, but am I in denial by saying that? Like, I hope denial never shows up again because it's going to show up again. But that's why I need to keep coming to meetings so that I see it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Wow. There was some cool stuff in your share that um, one of the things, you know, father wounds, I think, are huge contributors to our hurts, habits, and hangups. And um, you made me think of uh, John Eldridge has a book called Wild at Heart. And he talks about like the number one thing that we need, we as men need to get from our dads is um, the answer to like, he calls it like the big question or the question, which is, you know, do I have enough, do I have what it takes to be a man? Mm. <clears throat> and if we don't get that from our dads, we seek it somewhere else. And and he, he calls it like taking it to the woman or the golden haired beauty or something like that. But what he's basically saying is if I go to a woman or women to get that question answered, mm. I'm done. That's why I'm a sex addict, right? Oh because God. I need the validation of a woman to make me feel like a man. And really it's the sexual validation from a woman to make me feel like a man and stupid, Wow! but it's it, no, that's exactly that. I mean, that is exactly what my, sexual maturity has looked like um super powerful man and 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 because i did that right i took that question to the woman or to women and and so there was like you know when i look at my inventory i see this lifelong pattern of this insatiable appetite of of trying to get the sexual approval and fulfillment from women and, and just like tirelessly pursuing it uh, and and just to to my destruction crazy you know huh? what it's like it's like putting Gatorade into a gas tank it's like it's not going to work yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or like trying to launch a rocket with uh, lighter fluid. <laughs> it's just not going to work. And it's not, it's not the real, it's not the real thing. The real thing here is like God's love, you know, our heavenly fathers, you know, forgiveness through Jesus. Like that literally is the only thing Amen. that will work here. Yeah. No, nothing in this world is perfect. Zero. Every, everything's broken. Our parents are broken. 
this podcast is broken. The situation is broken. Like everything's broken. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and one thing I'd say, and maybe we wrap with this is from that little anecdote there is you dads out there, make sure your sons know they have what it takes to be a man. Mm. Let them hear it from you. Tell them you believe in them. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them, you know, show, do manly things with them and, and make them feel like they truly are becoming men, no matter how old they are. Can you pray us out? Um, everybody listening, um, if you haven't already paused this and done your journal, make sure you do it after the episode. Uh, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray out. And so, John, hopefully... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this vehicle and the ability to touch people's lives and just for the recovery lifestyle that has shaped us and put us on the path to becoming the men that you want us to be. I feel so blessed to be able to do this with Christopher. I pray that there are guys out there that are hearing this and nodding and saying, yeah, me too. And I want to go to a meeting. And if that's you, you know, send us an email, admin at 1199.org, uh, and we'll help you get in into a meeting. And just, Lord, as we go away from this, uh, from this podcast today, I just pray that you bless each and every man out there that's listening, that you let them know that they have what it takes to be a man, that you, their Heavenly Father, approves of them, loves them, and wants the best for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.